I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that Busta Rhymes album is a serious, serious problem. I compared it to Jim Jones's El Chapo album. El Chapo album, for sure, for sure. It felt, it gave me exactly the same vibe, just being so happy to see hip-hop mature, and it's it's technicality and and lyric ability and art artistry the artistry of it come out to the forefront through albums like this man it's some fly shit man that el capo album is crazy bro and dude as much as as much as it means to have to see hip-hop mature in the way that it's maturing you don't you don't have no idea how much it means to me to have you start us off that way playing that hip-hop because you know i get scared you know sometimes Sometimes I'll be I'll be thinking to myself, you know, on long drives and shit. I'll be like, which one of us between me and my brother is gonna be the first one to start talking that old head? Like, you know, brother, I think I really just it's just really R and B for me, you know. From here on out, I just think I <laughs> every old head reaches that point. I think at some point, right, where they just where it becomes, you know, you know, yeah, I always love the hippie, the hop, but the, it's the soul records, you know. I'll be playing that Aretha. Everybody starts playing Aretha. <laughs> And like I, st- I bump Aretha now, but I'm a hip hop head, and you know, sometimes I'll be thinking like, which one between me and my brother is gonna be the first one that is that turns and says, you know what, dude, it's, it's R and B. Sometimes I think it's you, but it means a lot to me that you play that hip hop, that you play that stuff to welcome hey, man. this joint right here. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And to be like, fortunately for me, I've been an R and B head for a very, very long time, so for, it's not a an awkward switch to jump between the two. But that being said, today. I'm glad we had to start hip hop today because today is a very hip hop esque podcast, which is something yes, we've both been looking forward to. Yes, sir. Hey, man, right in that lane, bro. You asked me, but in pre pro, right? Like, bro, have you have you done your research? I'm thinking, like, oh, like what which of these topics? You know, what I'm saying we want to get into the the black struggle. We want to get into the diaspora and changes. We want to get into you know gender based issues. And my brother asked me, "Are you ready for the hip hop conversation?" I said, "Bro." <laughs> Man, I was born ready for that one. That's the one that I, I keeps it on me for the hip hop conversation, man. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. For sure. This is a Thanksgiving special, B. This is 100% the Thanksgiving special. And I think for us, it's important to to be honest in the content that we deliver because that is that is really the spectrum of the conversations that we have. It does range from hip hop and then it goes to consciousness and then it goes to business and then it goes to personal life and things of that, of that nature. So um, if you, I'm glad you're picking up on the vibes and I'm glad the vibes are being set out right on today's lovely, lovely All The Way Live podcast. Hey, what's good people? How y'all doing out there, man? Hope y'all are like safe and had a great holiday with your families and everything. That's uh that's mad fly. I know it's been a tough one, a weird one, a strange one. But I hope everybody found a way to to spread love, share love. If you if you tried to get ahead on your Christmas shopping at some point this weekend, I hope you were able to do that safely too. Uh man, you know what time it is, man. It's Miles Xavier and it's John. I am like Mr. Christmas, Mr. Southside Santa Claus. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's been I took advantage of the holidays. We had this little Thanksgiving, John. I'm jumping into the dab up already, but you know I can't stop the spirit, you know? Hey, you know? take your time, baby. Take your time. Come on, take your time. Come on, man. It's been, but I'm just, you know, I'm in a great space, bro. It's been, this week has been a, a chiller one for me that I've had in a long time. 
I feel like kind of as the holiday went from Wednesday up until now, Sunday, it's been just a departure from all of the, the grind and like, you know, still working, still obviously keeping my thoughts in the same space, reading all the time. But, you know, it's just been chill, laid back in the holiday spirit, doing being able to be just me and my mom and my brother for uh, Thanksgiving. But, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of that. It was deep. It was dope. Had some time this weekend. Set up my tree in this mug, you know what I'm saying? We get I there, see bro. it. It's a ghetto tree. It's a ghetto oh, tree. We got the pine cones in this jaw, man. You know what I'm saying? We this is fly shit. Y'all know nothing about this. It's subtle, it's understated. It's Christmas time in here, you know. Y'all know nothing about this. Made this for sure. You, know, you don't know nothing about this. It's Mr. Southside Santa. This is the, this you is the... I'm here. Yeah, see, she here for it. Siri here for it. Get in tune, man. Get in tune, man. It's Mr. Southside Santa Claus. We'll be keeping you in tune all Christmas season. You know what time it is, man. But um, yeah, man. I'm so I'm in a good space. You know, stole that. Ran I with appreciate it. that. Stepped in early. I pre- yeah yeah. Came in you hot. Def- you definitely, you definitely came in hot and took away all of, of the structure. We have pre-production and we we have a strict list. Like okay, I'm gonna start here. Go go here. <laughs> and then it just every episode, this Christmas is how life. this goes. Christmas but, out that production. <laughs> This is the Christmas. This is the Christmas special. And while we're doing the introductions and speaking on formalities, we might as well get right into the absolute formalities of all things. Starting with, wait, definitely first and foremost. Yes, is your dap up, bro? I just ran with that. So first and foremost, before we even talk about the structure, <laughs> I need you to also dap in. I care about my brother, man. What's going on with you? Hey. My man, I'll tell it to you like this, brother. The my excitement again coming into this is at a high. I know this is what we're supposed to be doing for the the mere fact that every time we step on here, this is not excitement that we put on, but it's genuine excitement that we have to speak to each other as brothers and as best friends. Um, it's been a hectic week. It's been a full seven day week. You know, it's the it's been a very entrepreneurial week where you gotta. Uh, chase up on people to get you cash and get it out the mud. But that being said, the fact that we're in a position to make those decisions for ourselves is something that I feel very blessed to have. And so coming into this podcast right now, my brother, is nothing more than happiness, excitement, and that good old banter, son. That's what we're here for. Let's get it. That's what we're here for. And that being said, without further reduction, Miles, drop the drop the air horns, the bombs, please. Uh, do we have air horns and, and bombs? We have air. Can I ask for that? We have you you. <laughs> we have air horns and bombs on days that I'm sharing sound to intro the podcast. So every other podcast, we have air horns and bombs. <laughs> we <laughs> got we got to fix that. If you intro the podcast, you gotta supply the air horns and bombs, dude. You're sharing. Zoe Gila is sharing sound, dude. <laughs> there, there's, there's there's way too many rules in this podcast this is not what i signed up for i'm supposed to just come here uh say the introduction smile and then keep it moving the rest is up to you i didn't sign up for this but that being said that being said because we keep jumping all over the place with it welcome everybody to the all the way live podcast yes, sir. this is nothing more than a conversation between two brothers between two best friends between two homies two Two black men traversing this world. And what we bring you guys is a structured program where we try to take the best, most exciting, most relevant things that are happening in our lives and we bring them forth and we break it down to you. And how we've broken that whole process down 
is to break up this podcast into three parts. We have the stumble upon, we have current news, we have recommendations and review. On stumble upon, what we end up getting into is things that we've stumbled upon, things that have interested us. We go right into that. We share some of the fly shit that we've come across um, over the week. And then we go into current news. Now in current news, we talk about the current topics, relevant topics, anything that's headlining, be it whether we want to or whether we don't, apparently we still get into that. And then for recommend recommendations and review, it is what it is. And this is the part right here where we get to interact with y'all as a crowd, as the listeners, as the fans, as the supporters. You guys tell us what we should be looking into, what we should be reviewing, what should we be getting into. We take that, we analyze it, we ingest it, and we bring it to you. So without further ado, welcome, welcome, welcome to the All The Way Live podcast. Get a drink, get your vices, get a couch, sit down. Welcome to the family, man. Let's get into it. Man, yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bring us in. My Xavier. Chicago. Represent. <laughs> United States. It's interesting. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad. I'm glad I paused and made sure that you had to dive in too, because you know, as carried away as I tend to get with this uh this holiday thing when it's when it comes to Christmas time. Um, you know, it's important to acknowledge that like yeah, you wasn't y'all don't do no Thanksgiving shit. And so I'm glad that we have that like more well-rounded international feel. Because like you was hustling this week, you know what I mean? And that's important. It's important to acknowledge. Yes. So, so I appreciate you hustling. Yeah. Appreciate you taking on all the jobs that the podcast requires of you. You wear a lot of hats, goddammit. And I appreciate the hats that you wear. Appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you. When you're gonna get your soundboards, you can play the air horns and the bombs. And I appreciate you for bringing us into this mug, man. Wow. Wow. What gaslighting me is what you're doing. I don't I don't think you see it. You're gaslighting me. So let's get right into it. Stumble upon. <laughs> Tell me about gaslighting you, dude. Gaslighting <laughs> doesn't people. exist. You made it up because you're crazy. Oh wow. Oh wow. Pa- look at patriarchy dancing in the room today. <laughs> Listen, man. Stumble upon. I'm gonna get right into my stumble upon. What I stumbled upon recently, which is something that I wanted to talk about, um, and you kept stopping me, is the fact that I've been microdosing psilocybin for the last two weeks. Right Wait. now, it's been a very interesting journey. Yeah, it's been a very interesting journey trying to be able to balance out the amount to take and how often to take it and whatnot. But the reason I wanted to bring it forward is because I realized it's something that a lot of people are getting into and a lot of people are doing, which is the the practice of microdosing, um, be it LSD or psilocybin, which is commonly found in magic mushrooms in very, very small doses for um, therapeutic and health um, and health benefits you know we've seen some of these things be tried into um, the med- the medicinal world where doctors are not prescribing uh, micro doses for depression and things of that nature I for one can can uh, fortunately say I don't suffer from any of those mental illnesses however I have noticed a positive I have noticed some positive um, after effects of microdosing and I just wanted to bring that to to the part of my stumble upon this week that's fine you I so without pretending not to know as much as I know about your history with psilocybin, as we're referring to it, conversation, <laughs> you've been taking the booms for a long time. This man is a boom expert. This man been booming for a minute. This man might be Don Cannon. He had the booms from a while back. But so I want to try to take us to the next level. I'll try to I get us ad revenue right here. I'm Miles, 
Well, I'm saying hey, I'm with <laughs> try to get us. We're gonna get sponsored by the shroom companies. So this is what's going on, man. Listen. Shrooms are us. Keep going. So I won't ask you if you were if you were scared to start microdosing, right? You were probably pretty comfortable in that regard. Was there anything in particular that you were like looking to get out of the experience when you went into it? Or had you or had you read up or had you heard it becoming more popular? And was there something about that that you read that made you want to try it? Um, I, I've done microdosing in the past, but I've always done it as a rec for recreational purposes. And so this time around, I wanted to take a more medicinal and, and, and structured approach to it to see if, you know, how can I optimize the, the effects that this particular medicine can have and abide by a certain prescribed structure for it. And so the whole structure was you do two to three different, you do two to three 0.1 grams of the of the psilocybin, either in a pill form or however the case is, you do that um, over three days, and then you take some time off, and then you cycle in, cycle out, cycle in, cycle out. Now, I will say that after the first week of doing it, the day on the fourth day after my my three, after the three days where I had taken it, the fourth day actually felt quite terrible. It was very down. It was very dark. It was very um it, it was a day of, of of insecurities and not insecurities in the way that psilocybin usually forces you to grapple with them but it was just a very down energy and down emotional day the day following that and the week following that turned out to be actually quite um, energy filled and positive in a way that was noticeably different than before i was microdosing mm. and something that psilocybin does for you usually when you are confronting these type of things is it it attaches them to emotions and other aspects of your life right it feel it often feels like a journey where you're you know uh exploring almost like representations of your own psyche and issues and traumas and stuff like that and you get to confront those things so when you say you had a day that fell down but it didn't feel like you know, in the typical way that psilocybin makes you confront those things. Was there a resolution that you feel like helped carry you into the next positive day? Or did, or was it just more subtle behind the scenes? This was how you were feeling one day, and then you felt differently the next. Definitely the latter. I definitely have to say the latter. And I, and I also do want to get your history and experience on the whole thing, because I'm very interested with, even though we've done a lot of these things together, I've, ah. we've never actually like kind of fooled on broken down um broken down understanding of how that's meant for you but just when i fast forwarding I got to, away <laughs> he pulled me back in <laughs> <laughs> so um you see you keep throwing me off track now i'm with you so the emotional change after the three days i think was more so a noticeable change it was a down a noticeable down energy from the deep the three days on the psilocybin which surprisingly enough did not seem to carry what I would refer to as a as a peak or a particular high. It was a very mellow, a, a very mellow uh, journey to go through it for three days. First day, obviously, because it's a new introduction to the system, it, you know, it's definitely more heightened. But over the next two days, it definitely mellows out. So the 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 fourth day the feeling that i felt was definitely not that same feeling that i was on the three days before that and just noticeably down 
I wouldn't say like usually with with psychedelics, you you definitely have to hold on to some pillar of of truth or of resonance or of comfort to get over the bad trip and to get over these insecure thoughts and all of these things because that's that's the purpose of the experience to grapple with your thoughts in a manner that forces you to learn how to be content with them then you grow and evolve as a person with your understanding of yourself and of your surroundings that being said on a microdosing it wasn't that particular feeling instead it was just a simple you know switch up in a day and then you know, it was a it was a two week positive experience. Hmm. That's interesting. But you feel like you were more in tune with that emotional switch up as a result of the microdosing. It felt different than a bad day outside of a mushroom. Experience. Yeah, but I, I would say that for the mainly for the fact that you know we both practice a lot of meditation and a lot of um, presence of mind exercises. This this particular this podcast here is an exercise of presence of mind, you know, um, and so it's easy to let me not say it's, it was easier for me to draw myself within to really try to understand where the source of this is coming from, and for the mere fact of just I was taking these psilocybins the last three days, I just chalked it up to that because I couldn't find a real reason for this feeling mm. and decided, you know, I'm going to give it time, see what happens on the day after that, how I feel and all in the name of science, of course. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I'm real feeling real scientific about it now, but like, I feel like, you know, that indicates, right. That, the, that, that if it, if you couldn't find an answer and you chalked it up to the mushrooms, right. There was nothing immediately apparent. Um, yeah. Would I be correct to say like it, those feelings weren't about anything specific. It didn't make you feel bad, you know, anything about anything worse. It was just kind of like a weight that you just felt after a certain amount. Of time. Yeah. Yeah. T tell me about some of like, what's been your experience with um, psilocybin mushrooms or anything else you want to put into that category? It's like, I'm mainly, I'm mainly looking at talking, referring to psychedelics. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, acknowledging, right. Um, uh, my <laughs> but bad, not to cut you. <laughs> tell, tell me about your drug history <laughs> yeah, yeah, on your right. podcast. Go on. <laughs> nah, I got this, dude. I know you come into that with the with the best of intentions, dude. You're not trying to dry, have me dress snitch, but what I though, and, and I think it's an important conversation to acknowledge that, right? I think uh, a very specific lane of the American experience um, provides university as a space for experimentation of all kinds right um and just for the sake of honesty that like yeah like i've and it, and it is really interesting right here in the states uh mushrooms have been legalized in um i want to say was it oregon oregon washington man uh wish i i wish i knew that for sure but it was uh one of many things that we were digesting politically over the last couple of months um so that space that the American lifestyle creates for experimentation, yeah, I, I've taken advantage of that in a variety of ways. Um, when it comes specifically to mushrooms, I'll say that my uh, my experience has been with like actual psilocybin has always been very positive um, for me. I've had experiences in college with other people having taken a variety of different drugs and having a bad time 
um, for no particular reason, right? Other people having taken those same drugs and, you know, being okay, right? So there's a, there's a very, like, real need to be very cautious about the mind state you're in and when you're taking any type of hard drug, um, including any type of hallucinogen. My experience has been overwhelmingly positive, personally. Um, I've had a bad trip before, but even in that, I've been able to pull positive experiences from them and never had to be like hospitalized or anything like that. Um, but that's a real risk you run when you take hallucinogenic drugs. Not everybody is prepared or in the right point at their life to be experimenting with that. So I think it's a important conversation. Um, and as much as like, I feel, I, I appreciate you acknowledging like the framing of that question, like is one that I think it's more important to have an honest conversation about than for me to be like, I'd never, what? Never, never, I never I did drugs. Someone who was not me got mad trippy one time and, you know, thought they could write down the secrets to the universe on a post-it, but not I. <laughs> listen, um, to the honest conversations to be had, which is like, listen, there are ways to have positive experiences with these types of substances and to use them responsibly, um, even recreationally. However, it is important to understand that one preparation is um, plays a major key in how these things function and how you will react to yourself and your surroundings. And two, you do not know what is going to be a catalyst for triggering what a, a, a mental instability. And that is a very, that's a very real reality going into that. And so what I always say is that anybody that, cause it is, it is a fun time. Like let's not, let's not get like over serious about it, but there is a reality of if, if you're, the brain is fragile and if your brain just so happens to be vulnerable in the areas where this particular substance might trigger, then you are liable to have um, psychological effects that, you know, adverse psychological effects of it. The unfortunate part is that when we do these things, you don't go to a doctor to evaluate your brain before you do it and whatnot. But I definitely do think there's ways to do things responsibly, safely, and in a positive manner. We, we meditate, we meditate and, and clean and have a ritual and, and have a therapy session with each other before we dive into this journey because we want to covet it as a spiritual experience and as a positive experience. And so we spend a day before we even do the substance manifesting intentionally the energy within the spaces and, and, and emotional connection of this you know, with the space and with each other before we dive into it. And I would suggest like people should try that, man. Just be very, try be intentful because we've done it at, you know, we've, we've lived, we've lived. But the most positive experiences we've had from these uh, substances has been when we've been intentional with the energy that we put into the space and with pre preparation for it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on a lot of important things, right? People don't typically go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm going to experiment with psilocybin or acid or, you know, any type of uh, dissociative drug. Right. Um, but legalization legalization can provide the space for that. Right. It can provide the, the space for safer experimentation. Right. If you if you know, if it's free at your university, again, is a very privileged space for this. But, you know, 
just speaking realistically and things that I can immediately come to mind, I think could we could see happen is you you go in there and you say, hey, I'm going to experiment with and the same way that you might prepare for something that is seen as more ritualistic, like ayahuasca, right? I'm gonna, I'm preparing to do this, right? Let me um, take a physical of some sort and, um, and even to maybe talk to a psychiatrist or anything that pushes people to think more about mental preparation and mental examination and introspection, especially in the realm of talking to a professional, I think is, I think is positive. Um, I think it's important also to delineate that microdosing, right? Like does decrease the risk of, you know, it's called microdosing because you're taking less of a dose than what might cause somebody to have, you know, a more serious, you know, effect. So maybe that is a good way for some people to start and to, you know, examine the effects of these different drugs. But yeah, man, like, I, I think we are moving into a different space where these conversations um, can we can be had more reasonably than when the, it was, you know, our objective across a lot of societies, especially in Western societies to just stamp out drugs, right? Stamp it out. It's bad. It, yeah. You know what I mean, we can be more nuanced, I think. And the reasoning behind why these dr- these drugs get stamped out is always very fishy. I mean, it it reeks of 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 capital by capitalism induced biased or bias induced capitalism. Whatever it is, it's all about the money. Because if you look at the statistics of the the the, the death rate of cigarettes and alcohol, those far outnumber the death rates of a lot of these conventional illegal substances. I think I just saw that in Oregon, they're about to decriminalize all drugs, I believe. Yeah, maybe. I think that's what I was, I think that's, maybe the decriminalization of mushrooms was in advance of that. Yeah. That sounds right. For sure. For sure. The way I, the, like, and I'm not, I don't want this to come off as us being proponents or supporters of illegal substances because I, as somebody that's health conscious, I do think a lot of those things are extremely detrimental to your body. If you see how cocaine is made literally with the, with like chlorine and, and sulfur, like serious chemical stuff that you should not be ingesting into your brain. Let, not your, let alone your body, but into your brain. A lot of these substances, I, I, on a health basis, I, w- I do not recommend. But I do think the reality is that people will find a way to get intoxicated. People will definitely find a way to get intoxicated. And maybe the resources should not necessarily be aimed at arresting the, per- the, the people that are in taking these substances, but more so in establishments that can help us they can help rehabilitate and educate and help these people, you know, have proper psychological evaluation stuff. Yeah. But that's utopian. That's utopian idealism right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I and what I hope is bringing it back to a more realistic space, right? Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a proponent of illegal substances. I'm a proponent, I'm a proponent of serious conversation that's based on science and not, propaganda or as you mentioned like capitalist you know capitalist agenda right um but yeah and a proponent of safety as well right uh i think in the case some certain cases the legalization and regular regulation of certain activities allows people to do them more safely so yeah craig i fully agree i fully agree hey man that's a body i believe you need to tell us what you stumbled upon sir Man, listen, look, 
Hey, pay attention. Y'all out there, it's cold outside. You inside. Some of y'all have successfully started to navigate cuffing season. You got somebody that's posted up, ready to Netflix and chill. Some of y'all looking to hook somebody. You need to hook somebody. Great way is to start a show that they can't stop watching. Now they obligated, now they want to watch with you. You started it, you showed it to them. This show I'm talking about. For all y'all out there, this cuffing season, y'all need to watch. Tell us. Tell us. It's called uh, The Undoing. It's on HBO. Bruh, this is a bomb. Tell show. me about this show, bro. Tell me, tell me about this show because I've uh, yesterday told me to get it. I've downloaded it. I I'm about to start watching it after I watch Tenant. But what is this undoing show actually about? Bro, I'm a black man, so I purposely seek out to watch black shit. This show is all white, except. The lawyer. The lawyer is a black lady. She killing it. She bombing it. I need to find out the actress's name because she is bodying it as the lawyer. Only one black lady. Shout out to her. So when I tell you to watch this white show, you know something special about it. It's about talk to me. It's a mystery. It's about dude and his wife. Got beautiful life. Got kid. Everything good. And then it's not. A beautiful white life. Somebody dies. Causing fractures throughout this beautiful white life. <laughs> they called a black lawyer to clean it up. She does a fantastic job. I don't want to give too much else away. And the final episode comes out tonight. So I'm going to be definitely in tune to that. I'm going to let y'all out there catch up. This show is fire. Fire. But I've heard so many people speak about this show. It's been, it's been all all of the all of the bees talk. Is that a, is that even a term? All of the bees it's talk. Not, it's definitely all of the not no. That can't be a term, dude. Bees that talk. cannot be a term. It's it didn't all, feel right when I said it. All of the bees talk. No, I was gonna say it's all the nest talk, but that didn't sound right either. Yeah, the closest idiom that you're referring to is mad corny. So I'm not even gonna I'm gonna throw it out. We're gonna keep it. No, 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 no. Tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us because I didn't say it. So it's the bees knees. I I I hate to agree that that definitely played a part in I didn't want to it's all the bees talk, but I'm here now. So it's all it's it's all the bees talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the bees. This this podcast is ridiculous. This that podcast is, is ridiculous. Bruh, let the bloods call out that shit. We, we oh. need to go back to talking about the black plight, dude. That's how we get back on track. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to give that out. I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, what is the best show that you've watched? Your top three best shows ever. Ever? Ever. TV uh, shows. Uh, Atlanta, The Sopranos, The Boondocks, hot take. Atlanta, Sopranos, Boondocks. Yeah, if I got a, if I got a rock with a, if I got a rock with a three off the top of my head, real quick. Yeah, I ain't mad at that quick. You know what's an, you know what's an even better question is. On the undoing, you mentioned a a fractured white life, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
there are some great TV shows with Fraction White Lives in it. And I'm trying to get us to the crux of what are those white life, fractured white life TV shows. And I'd say Breaking Bad is top one for me. I have to put Breaking Bad up there. That is a very regular white life fractured by a whole lot of niggatry. I didn't get that. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. Edit so at a point. <laughs> At a point, I didn't get that. <laughs> at a point, that's a new one. Oh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> Ozark is another one. Yeah, Ozark, Ozark is another one. Yeah, you got you on fire. Um, fractured white lives. Sopranos. But I feel like that's most. I feel like that's most TV shows. Like I don't I haven't seen any of these TV shows, but I feel like if I just say Dawson's Creek, uh, <laughs> like I feel <laughs> like I'm awesome just I'm, girl. Yeah, I feel like I'm just hitting them right. Um, what's it? What's it called? Uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. I bet you that's a fractured white life. I never seen that show, but I Friends. Guess, uh, I mean, unfunny white life. <laughs> that's but <laughs> uh, this is there's no way we can get ad sponsors off of off of this content uh, there's no way nope heck them heck them <laughs> heck them heck em. nah so I, I will give that a check thanks for thanks for that stubble upon I will give that a check Um, going into the current news section. The current news section. I swear we need a soundboard. Going into the current news section, we got. Um, we did promise this to be a hip hop album, uh, a hip hop podcast today. This is about hibbity hop, a whole lot of hibbity hibbity hop, and the talk of current news. Um, first of all, is the Grammy, which we've touched upon, I believe, last episode. Even if we didn't. Yeah, even if we didn't, because uh, we're trying to skip right over that and uh, decide and make our own top albums of the year, starting with a hip-hop top album. And allow me, because you gave out the last list, my brother, to go ahead and insert that, and insert um, Alfredo at the top. At This, this is my top. It's going to be my top five. Alfredo. Stove God Cooks. Reasonable, dr- reasonable, yeah, reasonable drop. That's number one for me, by the way. That's not that's number one for me, by the way. Yes, 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 yes. Reasonable drop is my top hip hop album of the year. Alfredo comes in over there. We've got um, Pray for Paris close in close number three, right behind there. We've got because this is straight, this is just hip hop alone, yeah. Gotta. I'm cool. I'm cool with that top three. I'm cool with that top three. That's 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 what I got on my top three. Uh, Stove God Cooks, Reasonable Drought, uh, Alfredo, um, no, Pray for Paris, and Alfredo. Freddie Gibbs and Al- Al- Alchemist. All right. I got D Smoke. No, head ass nigga. I got. Um, nigga. Nigga. And you've never liked D Smoke, by the way. That's not true. I never liked D Smoke. I just under I just like 
everybody who everybody who got real hype when D Smoke won the Netflix show, which he got some fly raps, bro. That bro, that dude can rap. He's he's a very good rapper. Um, he's an artist. But when they show me D Smoke, I'm like, all right, well, this is if whatever you like about him, like I love about Kendrick and Los. So I get it, but I've seen this mm. before, and I, that's no like that's that's those are amazing lyricists to be compared to. But it's just not as original or new to me as it is to some people. But he's done. He's he's got some joints. Um, yeah. Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like uh, Freddie Alfredo with the Alchemist. I like uh, Royce the Five Nine the Allegory. I mm-hmm. like uh, Reason, New Beginnings. Uh, I couldn't do the Reason album too much. I haven't gone back to it. I I like it. I think that album is gonna. I think that album is gonna age very well. Um, who else? I mean, honorable mention, man. I can't, I'm, I'm not. I can't leave this conversation without "Shoot for the Stars," "Aim for the Moon," "Pop Smoke," and uh, King Von's album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those albums are, you know, they're not. They're they're yeah. They're just they need to be mentioned. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who else I really need to put in the album of the year conversation. Um, because I mean, yeah, pray for Paris is is, is fire. I think Grise- more of Griselda needs to be appreciated because they're putting out some amazing projects. Um, even Lulu, even Conway's, even Conway's yeah. album. Yeah. Um, what is it? King without a crown or something? No, that's what is it? It's Crowns of Kings. Uh, King without a crown. Yeah. I've, um, Crowns for Kings. Crowns for Kings. Yeah, man, Griselda's doing crazy, crazy, crazy things right now, man. Um, but yeah, it's been a dope. It's been a dope year for. It's been a dope year for hip hop. I'm sure there's a. I think there's a money bag yo album. From King to a God. That's from King to a God. Our fault. Butchered the fuck out of that. No pun. Um, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Bruh. <laughs> Bro, that brings me back to that nonsense conversation we were having the other day about niggas that are so gangster they they snore Griselda ad libs. <laughs> Yo, that's the type of content that that's not gonna make the podcast. That's all the nonsense we speak about before we press record, before we get formal. Yeah, but I think I think uh, I think man, there've been some. I'm, I feel like I'm missing a couple, but oh man, the. St- I, I bet the sharecropper's daughter, Ciroc, right? So if I recap my top five, I got uh, Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Alfredo, um, Reason New Beginnings, Ciroc the sharecropper's daughter, and uh, oof, the allegory, Royston 95. Royston 59. Nigga, I be working five to nine and nine to five, nigga. Hey, I, and I be playing that shit the whole time, nigga. It be all the time. Royce the 24 goddamn seven. <laughs> that's that's a solid that's a solid list. I, I don't think I'd compete much with 
with that list. Baby's Baby's album came out last year or did it come out this year? Little Baby. Little Baby dropped uh I think my turn is 2020. Yeah, that album is dope too. I I got to put that on there. Put, uh my turn on there for sure. I think that's a a very very solid album. Yeah, that's a 2020 album. I'll put that up there. Trying Jeez. to see what else. Jeez, nigga, did you listen to that new No Ceilings Three? See what else. Not. No, I have not listened to that No Ceilings Three. There's a couple joints on there, man. But he, um, the back half of the album. Talk is to me about it. Yeah. So it's like the joint, the first joint, B Eight is fire. The joint with Drake is dope. Um, there's a couple more with him and features on there that are that are pretty ill. There's a him and Thug song that's pretty fire. But the back half, it's like, I think it's, I don't know, maybe 11, 12 songs, something like that. But like the last five or six are his kids rapping. Like not him featuring his kids, just his Word? kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I and? mean, like, I mean, they don't sound there. They're clearly, they're clearly in the same studio that Lil Wayne uses with the producers that Lil Wayne has available. And they, I mean, they're, they're making, they're bodying, hey man, Lil Mosey and, uh, Little skies and all them. Y'all better watch out for Lil Wayne's kids. They coming for y'all. <laughs> but talk about talk about people that no longer exist in hip hop. Coast of hip hop. Lil Mosey and Lil Skies? Yes. Yes, what? yes, 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 yes. You're tweaking, bro. You need to I talk think, to more kids. Uh, word? Am I off am I off with it? You need to talk to more kids. Yep. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I guess I guess that's where that's where the little mosey that's that's where hip hop loses me a little bit. Yeah, I mean it depends. It depends on depends on what you like. You know, I've by by way of Chicago drill, I'm grandfathered into man hood noises. By way of Chicago drill, I'm grandfathered into um, a lot of that more melodic hip hop and. Uh, you can tell who the kids are tapped into. Look at look at whoever Lil Durk is doing features with right now. That's who the kids are tapped into. That's where that's it. That's who you know. Yeah. Chicago had a great year for hip hop this year. Chicago had a great year. Unfortunately, the tragic death of King Von is a damper. What to for what was otherwise a very stellar hip hop year with the Lil Durk the Lil Durk's album coming out, which is great. Um, Vaughn's album stepping out, which was solid. Having Saba coming out, dropping some heat. Mick Jenkins coming out, dropping some heat. Um, I'm still, I'm still sticking in Chicago. You had who else? Who else am I forgetting out of out of the shy? I mean, Dirk has dropped a couple of fly projects. Um, Erbo dropped a. I think at the very beginning of the year, like February, March, he dropped uh uh man. Whatever. His album that album is real good, man. That album is real good. Um yeah, man, Chicago has had quite a year. My hot take is that Chicago will never be my hot take is that Chicago will never be kings of hip hop because they don't make they make more music for people to go shoot people to than they do for people for women to dance to. That's what I think. That's a super hot take, bro. Chicago might not ever be the kings of hip hop because everybody, because people run with Chicago sound and it goes, it goes crazy other places. So look at Pop Smoke. That doesn't exist without Chief Keef. True. 
True. So True. It, goes, it goes to the same. And that's something that happens in Chicago all the time, bro. Whether it be athletics, whether it be music, like people, people grow from Chicago and then start here and go somewhere else and blow up. You know what I mean? You see how far Kanye has strayed from his samples and that and that sound that is, you know, yeah, man, there's, there's, there's a, I wouldn't say that Chicago makes more music to shoot people to than, than people to dance to. I would say you're, I would say there's too much of a legacy that excludes the legacy of house music and the art, the hip hop mm. artists that have cross blended into that genre. Um, I've literally played uh, down on my luck, Vic, Vic Mensa and Kaytrinata in different countries and had people lose their shit. Um, so yeah, man, I think, um, I think Chicago might not ever be Kings, but the, because there's not a, there's not the same platform and recognition. There's not a hot nine, seven here. There's not a LA leakers here. There's not a, you know what I mean? To, 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 promote not that a scene. And to, to make sure there is a scene, but it's a lot more, it's a lot more artsy. It's a lot more spoken word, no names book club than it is, you know, hookah lounges where French Montana shows up and hangs out with, you know, mm-hmm. DJ Premier and shit like that. So, um, and those people probably don't run in the same circles. I'm just, I'm just spitballing, but like, I'm just, I can yeah, really- I don't know if that's a literal thing that happens, but I'm still rolling with you. You dig me? So I'm saying, I think Chicago might not ever be, get the same credit that kind of Atlanta gets for the sound proliferating because we don't have the same mechanism to make sure that our platforms and our artists are respected in the same way, but it's not because we're not putting out enough different types of fly ass music, bro. That never that. Nah, and I appreciate being corrected on that because that is you're very very right on that. In the sense that the how how <laughs> I kept this Chicago Southside Southside Santa looks like a flag. How it's really a uh, how how, <laughs> how music is how hip hop at least is is marketed in different cities makes it very easy for they, for them to be a lot more live performances, I would say, in, in club settings and things of that nature. Although that happens over here in Chicago, in your Atlanta, New York, LA, that's a bigger scene. And that could be that could be it. Well that could I mean you're gonna about to give me on my soapbox right now, but that's also because a lot of Chicago artists are not allowed to perform in Chicago. Chief Keef's not allowed to perform in Chicago within the city limits, right? I don't believe Dirk is either. Um, there are a lot of drill artists that aren't allowed to perform in the city. So what does that do, right? You know what I mean? To the, to their ability to build a fan base, for their ability to, you know, like even just cultivate a, the, the, the type of relationship with this community, in this community. It's already hard enough. Black people are already not the majority of people who attend hip hop concerts. So to ban Chicago artists mm-hmm. from performing in Chicago like, you know, it only widens that gap. So yeah, there are a lot of reasons for that, but the, uh, a lot of them are, are systemic and a lot of them are because that the music that comes out of Chicago is um, depicted and understood a certain a certain way. Misunderstood no, I, agree. Way. I agree. Here, and, and I gotta, and I gotta shout, give big props to a lot of South African cats too. There's a lot of dope, dope, dope hip hop that I'm listening to in South Africa that I think is the next wave. I think our young hip hop in this country has so much potential. 
they got the sound, they got the swag, they've got the the delivery for it. I'm I'm very excited. I'm big shout out to, to 808X, 808X albums Station 2097 is some super super fly stuff. Um, you should check Internet Wave is dope. Uh, Zuki Coke dope, another rapper, super super fly stuff. Um, I'm looking at Nasty C's last album and the strides that his making as a young fly South African artist. That out. What else do we got popping up? Still doing his thing. I think uh, Shane Eagle is, has a lot of room to to grow. Yeah, for sure. He's got a lot of room to grow and has the potential to be able to take this. The kids now have run with hip hop and yeah, the kids have the kids have run with, with hip hop in this country. So may the best man win. Yeah, big facts. Big facts. I was saying Indigo Stella goes hard out of South Africa too. Um, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, the kids. Back to some Chicago albums I can't leave out of the conversation is uh Polo G and cowboy are both both have really good albums that people should check out um where you want to take it because we can talk about so shout out to 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 flame also flame in south africa word where you want to take it hold on i got one more one one more name one more name and then i'll and then i'll one more name because this is some super fly stuff and let's see if it pops up. But while that is loading, I think the last that we got my brother is recommended and review, my G. And I, boom, SP South African rappers. I got to shout out the people from my country. These kids are doing it. They get me excited for what the city has to hold. I do think South Africa it has a potential of being a world class. And it's going to take the type of excitement and hype that these young kids can bring in their energy into this hip hop space and into the city. I champion it. I look forward to hearing more of it. Let's get into recommended and reviews. But, but what you got? Well, I don't know how we're going to explain it, but the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight, that is what we're, that's what we're looking into. Right, so fight just happened. You've watched the fight. You've watched the fight. I've watched the fight. <laughs> I. <laughs> we, we gotta try that again. <laughs> you watched the fight. I watched the um, with chop. So I'm, I'm bouncing through the chop. Uh, um, how much? Uh, tell me about what you thought of the fight. How exciting! Man, I don't know, man. I didn't feel um I've been watching a lot of UFC, been watching more boxing than ever in my life. I've been more hyped for fights um than ever in my life over the past few months, even this year. And I didn't feel the same. I was were I was like I was like I didn't want them either of them to hurt each other right like I just there was too much at, there was too much to lose that I didn't feel like the fight was worth you know what I mean I didn't feel in my heart like I needed to watch the fight at the risk of either of these men getting hurt the reputations getting tarnished they're giving both of them a belt at the end of it 
You know what I mean? They're not going to declare a winner. I'm like, I just didn't need, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need this. If it, it was happening, so I'm going to watch it, but I just, I didn't need this. Um, as far as the actual fight, I was pleasant. I was, cause I'm watching it like, come on, man. Like, I hope, like, I want, I kind of want to see a knockout, but I'm not trying to see nobody get for real hurt, especially older and in, in, in this life over this. So I was really happy to yeah. see Roy be so, have so much movement. I was really happy to see the shape that he was in. Tyson looked like he was going for it the whole time. He was going for a knockout. He was, and he, and he got that quick, that jab is still intact. That left is crazy. There's still power in all of those punches. Um, so it was, it was an athletic display of, you know, hey, bro, as a black man, hey, I, that can be that athletic if I can be, I mean, I can't be that athletic, but if I can be any anywhere close to as functional um, and move as well and, you know, uh, at that, I think that's it's inspirational from that standpoint. But I don't know, man. I didn't need this, man. I'm I may be old school in the type that I think sometimes legends <laughs> get to sit and observe and you know just kind of chill, yeah, bask in their own glory or whatever that they've already accomplished. But for the fight that it was, it went. It was the best case scenario, I think. Um. On the other side of it, I loved watching this, and I, in fact, I look forward to seeing more people more of these old dudes fight the best part of the whole thing for me though is snoop's commentary i think snoop dogg's commentary throughout that entire thing was the absolute best bro i i need to hear him commentate (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's so unhelpful but it was hilarious dude (laughs) he snoop my uncles those my uncles fighting get out of there get him up There's a point Snoop goes. There's a point Snoop goes. He goes, man, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. I never thought I'd see this day. (laughs) Dude, I I felt that. The excitement is is so real and honest, man. I I I love that. I need I need more Snoop Dogg commentary. But it was it was a cool it was a cool exhibition. I think Mike Tyson's. I was impressed by Mike Tyson's endurance i was impressed by his condition is you know his conditioning <laughs> what is it there's the is it there's the right word <laughs> dude <laughs> word mike impress you with his endurance bro <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, at first i was gonna say stamina i don't know it yo i might be bugging but i'm watching it right and after round two it goes to round three of six Round four of six, and then it went to round five of eight. Five of eight, <laughs> like it looked like they got because they were looking mad tired in round three, and it looked like they switched it to we gonna make this joint six rounds, <laughs> and then they were they you were think so? they switched it back. I'm just watching it. I'm when I when I watched it, it said it went from round one of eight, two of eight, three of six, four of six, five of eight, and I was like, did they? Low-key built in just in case they got too tired. But, man, I was just like, bro. They were looking tired. They were looking tired. Roy Jones was looking tired. Listen, on granted, old men fighting, sure. But I would not want to be in the ring with Mike Tyson. That looked terrifying. And at any point in time, you're afraid for Roy Jones. And undoubtedly, Tyson took that match. Tyson won that fight. I don't care what anybody says in terms of uh, Roy Jones fighting on the outside. Tyson was 
Tyson had a plan going into it. He executed that plan, it seems, which is remain low and just attack the body furiously. There's a, there's a punch that he gives him, I think, on the last round. Square in the stomach, and you just see Roy just jump up after getting hit. And at the end of the fight, Tyson's talking to, to, to Roy Jones, and he's like, like I, you know, I thought I thought you'd take that. I thought you'd take that fight, that that punch to the stomach, but you took that. I respect that. <laughs> That's my Mike Tyson accent, by the way, if, if you can't tell. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Um, but yeah, it's it was fun, dude. I enjoyed watching it. It was exciting to me. That's dope, man. Yeah, I, I personally, I'm cool on the on the old men fighting. But uh, I'm glad it went how it went. And uh, like I said, yeah, best case scenario for that type of event. So it was cool. Did you, did you see um, Jake Paul fight Nate Robinson? No, I didn't watch any of the prelims. Was, oof, oof, oof. That was not pretty. Ooh, that was not pretty. That was not pretty. That Jake Paul knocked the lights out of <laughs> Nate Robinson. B, you gotta, you you need to watch that just for Snoop's commentary. <laughs> just for Snoop's commentary. Yeah, for sure. I, it would be fun to watch. It would be fun to hear Snoop commentate on a fight that I was less invested in. That would be really funny. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, uh, Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah. It, that that hurt. That hurt Nate Robinson. You can tell Nate Robinson is fighting from like a a brawler standpoint where he's just like, I'm gonna try and overwhelm this dude and hit him. But the kid just stayed very comfortable and he was like, I bet if you're gonna keep launching at me, eventually you're gonna launch into a fist. And they dropped him. It was a it was a it was a bad KO, bro. It was it was bad. It was ugly. It was very it was like, ooh, like they hit him. You know when a dude falls and both of their hands are together and they fall face first? lumped over folding like a lawn chair yeah that's the, the hard shutdown yeah that was a hard shutdown they pulled the plugs on that boy and that's that's not cool uh, they shouldn't have done my, my man nate robinson like that that's messed up man that's messed up yeah i'll check that out bro <laughs> that's i mean damn no you hate to see it for sure. you hate to for see sure, it for sure hey man Listen, unless you got a different direction to take us, that's that's a pretty jam-packed, pretty jam-packed, fun-filled show that we put together for these people. Cool. Man, I always got more to talk for y'all, man. But that's why you should stay tuned. Talk about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Talk how you get the perfect gift for everybody. We're going to walk y'all through how to not break your back. Making sure that you hook everybody up with something real nice. What else we got, man? We can talk mm-hmm. about oh hip hop. We still got a little bit of year left, man. But that's sauce for next time. Mm-hmm. We ain't got nothing else. I'd like to acknowledge something very important. Something that I understand that you understand. Something that we know. Hello. We're aware. It hasn't escaped us that um, you have too many options. They got a few. They got a few. I checked. There was a few. They got a lot, bro. I checked. Um, 
when it comes to picking a podcast, y'all got a lot of options, man. So if you are listening to this, if you're rocking with this thus far, we appreciate you for rocking with all the way live, man. That means everything. That means everything. We are shooting in the gym. We are figuring this stuff out, man. We are practicing. We are we are we are proliferating. We are prophesizing. We're trying to keep it real. We appreciate you coming along for the ride, man. Look, we are live. In the sense that we're celebrating life. We're live in the sense that we can't edit out his way sneezes. We are live in the sense Thank you, Lord. that we are celebrating how good it feels to be black. Feel good. Hallelujah. This is the first episode since Thanksgiving, man. So we want to say that we are thankful for anybody again who is listening to this. We are thankful for your health. We are thankful for those who are putting in work, thinking, ideating, creating, reading, educating with regard to helping us create the world that we want to see. If you paint, if you make music, if you sing, if you sell clothes, if you sell, if you do hair, if you, if you do it, if you, we love you, we appreciate you. Keep hustling, keep going. Mm-hmm. Like that. Peace. Water. Thank you. Love. Love. We gone. Bow.